This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now for today's show. Welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and podcast strategist, also known as the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, never underestimate the value you bring to the table, as well as collaboration without a relationship. Well, that is a recipe for disaster, for disappointment and do-overs, which we do not want. So on today's show, joining me is Charmaine Hammond. Charmaine is an expert in collaboration, building long-lasting partnerships, as well as securing sponsorships to raise your income, your influence, and your impact. She's owned several businesses over the past 23 years. She's helped thousands of entrepreneurs and has helped her clients and her own projects generate close to $2 million in sponsorship funding and grants. Now, on today's show, she is going to help us discover what sponsorship is and how it can help your speaking business, as well as immediate actions and steps that we need to take immediately after an interview so that we can get started with sponsorship, as well as the common mistakes speakers often make, how to avoid them so that we can stand out from the crowd. Welcome to the show, Charmaine. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's a topic I love talking about, as you know. <laughs> yes. And as um, we've mentioned in the introduction, it's so relevant to speakers. So, and sponsorships, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be something that not many speakers would even consider incorporating in their speaker's business. Would that be a, a correct assumption to make? That's a 100% correct assumption. A lot of speakers, first of all, don't know what sponsorship is. And if they've heard of it, they generally think it's only for nonprofit organizations or charities. So there's a lot of um, it, it just unknowns for speakers. And then if they do understand it, the next challenge is often, well, how do I get it? What do I say? Who do I approach? And what do I ask for? And you know, what I have learned from working with so many speakers is that once they understand sponsorship, they start to look at every conversation and every relationship differently. And we get that feedback over and over again from our clients. I mean, we've mm. had clients say in their testimonials, I'll never look at a conversation the same way. And that's what I love about this topic is a little bit of information can actually take you a long way. Yeah, sounds like we're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table because as you've mentioned, and you're going to dive in a little bit deeper in today's show, sponsorship, the way that you're positioning really means collaboration, which is a win-win-win for all parties involved. So let's make sure that we're all on the same table to find what sponsorship is, what do we need to know about it? And then of course, let's go into the how it can help us. 
Perfect. So when I, when I think about sponsorship, it really is a marketing relationship. I have heard people refer to sponsorship as free money. It is not free money. Mm. <laughs> it's a marketing relationship where a company, a brand, it could be a local coffee shop. It could be your hairstylist or your eye doctor or the groomer where you take your dog to get groomed. It can be a, a local business or a big brand like a Microsoft, a national bank. And they all have marketing dollars, of course, just like we do as entrepreneurs. And they set aside these marketing dollars for traditional marketing, but they also set aside marketing dollars for sponsorship. And there's actually billions of dollars that go into sponsorship every year across North America. And what companies are seeing right now is that there's huge value for them in sponsorship marketing because it brings incredible ROI. Honestly, um, when it's a well-created match, a strong relationship, there's clarities on goals and expectations. This marketing relationship can actually help businesses solve some of their biggest marketing challenges. Mm -hmm. And for speakers, what's appealing to many sponsors is that as speakers, first of all, you can talk about their message. Imagine being a banker and insurance company and there's you, the speaker on the stage, not saying, I want to thank my sponsors because nobody listens to that. Mm -hmm. But what if you were to talk about them in a case study approach? Or what if you were to say, one of my favorite quotes is from the CEO of such and such a company. You become an ambassador of their message, but you also have a audience that they want to connect with. And that's where the, where the, the real sweet spot is, Emery, in sort of this sponsorship relationship is matching who you are and what you bring to the table, your value with a company who wants to get in front of the audiences you serve. Yeah. One of the things that I'm sure you experience and, and get feedback from a lot of your clients and speakers is that we often don't recognize the value that we do have to offer. You've spoken yes. a little bit about that, but let's dive in a little bit deeper because I'm sure people are listening and thinking, Charmaine, that's fantastic. But what <laughs> value do I bring other than say an audience? Let's dive into yeah. that a little bit deeper just to get some people's ideas so that they can start to document what's the value I offer. A potential sponsor. That's a, a, one of my favorite questions to answer, and one of the exercises that we do with our students that brings me such joy every time is we actually take our students through an exercise where they outline their value, but we also do a brainstorming with the other uh, speakers in the group, for example, to help them generate ideas. And what always happens is people identify value that they didn't think they had because it's just part of, well, it's not that they didn't think they had it. They didn't identify it as value because it's part of who they are and how they show up and how they do business. So in addition to your audience, if you're active on social media, which pretty much every speaker I know is, you have an online audience. For those of you that write articles, blogs, LinkedIn articles, that's another element of, of um, value. For those of you that go on to podcasts <laughs> as a guest, 
that's another element of value um, that that sponsors will see as well as the relationships you have and this is where it gets really exciting for me uh, so I belong to Women Speaker Association and I talk about that with sponsors I belong to an organization that, that serves women in the speaking industry I belong to the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers uh, you might belong to chambers of commerces or coaching organizations so the associations that you have might also be of interest to a sponsor. And then of course you, like I think one of the richest elements of value that speakers um, to maybe take for granted is the fact that you're comfortable in front of an audience. I mean, mm -hmm. you're out there sharing your message and you're able to talk about sponsors in many different ways. Um, that other people wouldn't be able to do so you yes. actually the whole platform you have is so appealing to sponsors in fact we have students who have companies that sponsor them when the event organizer has zero budget for speakers hmm. the sponsor pays their full speaking fee I mean isn't that great you it get is. to speak at events that you would normally maybe say no to because there's no budget yeah, I love that. One of the things as you're sharing and, and, you know, myself as a podcast host, we're always sharing stories. So a speaker may have a specific something that they may have struggled with previously. And now the fact that the sponsor offers a service or a product that would have helped them years ago, save time, save money, save heartache, could be woven very authentically and with intention into the story. And I think sometimes we need to just dive a little bit deeper under yeah. how can I bring this forward in a very educational, inspiring way that people don't see it as, well, this person's only sharing this content because it is a sponsor and they're getting money for it. But right. it really is, is purposeful and meaningful to people who are in the audience and may be struggling with something similar. That's yeah. really how we're positioning it, aren't we? It, absolutely. And I think that's really important. I remember when I did my Million Acts of Kindness um, speaking tour about four years ago, we had some significant sponsors that uh, were very involved in this whole North American tour. And so we looked for ways to meaningfully recognize our sponsors in, in a way that was purely authentic and 100% true because that is important. You're not a paid spokesperson for them. Um, that's a completely different kind of um, marketing strategy. But with sponsorship, I remember being in front of an audience and just talking about one of our sponsors. It was the sponsor for our RV, uh, Fraser Way RV in Canada. And we were talking about corporate culture in this presentation that I was doing. So I actually wove a story about Fraser Way. I, I talked about, you know, one company that I had chance to spend a lot of time in. Mm -hmm. I remember their corporate culture because it was the first thing I saw on this beautiful piece of art behind the receptionist and they actually used the words that were in this piece of art and so I and I actually had a picture of it in my slide so it was really a story mm -hmm. and I was using their story to educate my audience and it was a hundred percent true for me and I had people years later like a couple years later say to me I remember when you talked about Fraser Way RV and I was in there and I saw that piece of art so people do um, it's a way of 
helping tell other people's stories and speakers do that so well already. Yeah, they do. Some feedback that I um, once um, found was a number of years ago, but I think it's still as relevant, if not more relevant today. Um, and we can transition, you know, the, the audience of a podcast audience who are listening, we can still use that as relevant for a, a speaker audience because at the moment, yes. many of our speakers are going online, which is fine. So we're talking about in-person platforms and also online yep. platforms that when a podcast host or a speaker brings through this authentic story and shares that, and I'm sure that's exactly what you're just explaining with the RV, is that people who are in the audience listening to that are more likely to take action. And I know as, as, as a listener of podcasts, if someone mentions something like you need to get this book or you need to get access, I'm over there to Amazon downloading and you know purchasing yeah. that. So it's such a great win for the sponsor as well as obviously the person that and, and that would yeah. be you who are listening today because you're going to dive into to sponsorship. So it's a powerful yeah. relationship. with. Oh, someone. yeah. And uh, let's put an exclamation mark on what you just said about the podcast. I mean, with a speaking audience, when we're live at an event, we're sort of there and then we leave. And there's a lot of things that we can do to kind of keep that message going after the fact, but the audience is not in front of us anymore. Uh, we can blog, we can do articles and videos, but with a podcast, what I love about sharing sponsor and collaboration partner stories is that you can then take that podcast and use that all year long and you can then turn you know create blogs about the podcast that you were a guest on and check out the story where I talked about so and so and put a link to your sponsor's website I mean podcasts are just such a valuable way yeah. and it's of getting your seven, message isn't it it's oh, 360 it's, like if you're on tv or, or say some yep. of the mainstream media it's once a yep. once message, but if you're also incorporating that either on your own podcast or you are a guest on podcast, yep. that is evergreen content that continues to be shared, which is a, a totally. life, um, you know, lifelong um, process that people can find you. All right, I know that people are. Yep, Charmaine, I know now this is real value. I haven't been doing this. What are some immediate steps and things that they need to take action on after this interview is finished so that they can really start to leverage and get started with sponsorships? Perfect. So some of the things you can immediately do, number one is to write a list of all that you have to offer a partner or a sponsor because when you get into conversations with them, this is going to come up and you want to be prepared. You want to be organized. You want to have thought this through. So write that list of all the things that you can do to support a partner or a sponsor. What are the ways that you could help promote them or talk about them? Some of them we've talked about right now on this podcast. The second thing that you want to do, this is a fun exercise. Grab a clipboard or a book with a blank piece of paper on top. And then I want you to walk around your house, your office, even go sit in your car and write down where you spend money every month. Now, for some of you, this will be alarming <laughs> when you start to really look at your visa card, your credit card statements. But the reason that, that this is a great challenge opportunity is that you start to see all of the businesses you actually have relationships with already, mm. albeit they might be just transactional, like I don't know Mr. Visa, but I give him a lot of money every month, mm. but I'm in a relationship with Visa versus another credit card company. And where you spend money and where you have relationships are the first places you start. Honestly, my very first sponsor was my hairstylist, 
the clothing wow. store I bought my clothing, my eye doctor. <laughs> wow. And and a lot of people are thinking, your eye doctor, what, did he give you free contacts or glasses? No, not at all. What he did is he actually bought into my message and bought my books in massive bulk quantities mm -hmm. to share out with his audience. And he put his marketing materials on a bookmark or a postcard or something mm -hmm. in my book. So we created some really cool, um, and, they, and he also hosted some events for us. Yes. So that's a really big one. Write down where you spend money because this is where you start. You always start close to home, mm -hmm. where you have a relationship. Just to point this out is that there's a tendency for speakers and entrepreneurs, we can get lost in that uh, research, you know, creating all the research, creating all the ideas. And then when it comes to actioning them, we sort of lose our fizzle. <laughs> and, 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 if you work with that list of who you know, where you do business and where you spend money, mm. uh, those are some of the more comfortable, safer conversations because yes. you're really just talking about a collaboration. How can we work together? Yeah. So that's a couple of things you can do right away. I love that. And you know, when we start with a, an audience or relationships that have already, they're pre-existing because there is a relationship there already and you, you, you're then more comfortable having that conversation. Then once that partnership or that sponsorship collaboration completes, you've then got a case study and some results that you can use as a testimonial or an example that you can then use as you're approaching other, uh, other potential sponsors and opportunities too, yes? Absolutely. And you've just said something that's so important that often we start sponsorship by what we call in-kind sponsorship, where we're maybe getting products or services sponsored for us. So when I mentioned my clothing sponsor, I didn't pay for any clothing um, for three years from my clothing sponsor. She dressed me fully with casual dress up, business, speaking clothes. Um, and, and then my hair sponsor, makeup sponsor, I got all of that and I didn't pay for any of those services. So that's an in-kind sponsorship, but it led to a couple of things that are really important. The testimonials that you just mentioned, being able to demonstrate to other companies and brands that you understand sponsorship, you get it, and that you already have sponsors. And my experience has been is when you start with in-kind sponsors, it leads to your ability to get cash sponsors. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, so often what, what happens when we're starting off anything that we may not really be familiar with yet, we try and take, off, take on too much, we become overwhelmed, and then we end up doing nothing. So I love the way that we're just kind of stepping that, doing it slowly with people that we know, maybe start off with in-kind, and then that would be great, that, you know, case studies that we can then springboard into other opportunities. I mean, just speaking yeah. with you today, I mean, some of the, the suggestions that you've made already, we would never have even thought of a clothing sponsor. I mean, yeah. and that's what going around your office, what do I use regularly? I mean, I'm just thinking I need to upgrade some of my podcasting equipment. Now imagine if yes. I go to a, a technology company and say, look, you know, I love your stuff. Um, yeah. And so that's just an idea. It's technology yeah. I use all of the time. So I'm sure exactly. everyone listening today has similar um, similar examples to, to also use. Yeah. So what are some of the things that perhaps you see speakers doing that is not supporting them? I think it's good to identify mistakes. Yeah. Because then we know, look, I need to avoid these and this is what I should be doing instead. What are yes. some of the common mistakes that you see? 
So the number one, and this comes not only from what we see uh, people making, but this also comes right from the mouth of sponsors because we interview sponsors all the time. And I say to them, what are the things that drive you nuts or what are we doing wrong that we could do differently? And the number one thing that I hear is asking before there's a relationship. So it's the equivalent of those phone calls we all get at seven o'clock at night from some stranger asking us to support this amazing project and give us their money. <laughs> and generally we say, no, thank you. Um, all the best with your fundraising. And we hang up. And that's what it feels like to a sponsor when we call them mm -hmm. and ask for money without a relationship. So always relationship first. And then the ask is later and create the opportunity with them. Don't go in with like a preconceived pitch mm -hmm. and don't even use the language of pitch uh, with sponsors. Come from that place of relationship. That will automatically help you stand out because sponsorship decision makers are getting calls. One of our sponsors said she gets between 20 and 30 phone calls and voicemails a day. She's one of 12 in the wow. sponsorship office. And those, those, 12 to 20 calls a day are all people asking for money. Oh. And typically she said, the call sounds like this. Hi, my name is so-and-so we've got this great project that you should be a sponsor of. And her, she said her inside voice is saying, how do you know that? What do you even know about me? So build the relationship because then as you listen to that person talking, you're going to hear these synergistic ideas around how you can help them. And the other mistake is pre-generic, um, uh, I'll call them generic packages. We've all seen them, gold, silver, mm -hmm. bronze, you know, for $10,000 as a sponsor, you get this. For $5,000 as the silver, you get this. Don't do those. Um, and certainly don't create a sponsor deck and just send it all over to people. Mm -hmm. um, you'll probably get zero response. You'll probably sort of blacklist yourself from being able to get a phone call. Um, so do what you do best. Speakers are connectors. Mm -hmm. They are relationship builders. They are storytellers. And use that skill that, that is in you to just get on the phone and learn about the sponsor and then ask the question, I wonder if there's some ways that we could partner together or collaborate mm -hmm. together. So use that kind of language instead of pitch you know, dollars. I don't even use the word sponsorship when I'm on a call with a sponsor. I talk about collaborate, partnership, synergies. Mm -hmm. How can we work together? Yeah. One of the tools that um, we know, you know, that works so well is online. The resources that we have and LinkedIn and other platforms oh. such as that, a great opportunity to do a research and, yeah. and then maybe find some of the key people, the decision makers and go and connect with them. Maybe they're sharing things on LinkedIn that you can then share, that you can comment on and say, well, look, totally. it's just so important. And then that starts that relationship. So we may not necessarily need to kind of go well I don't really know much about that particular person or, or company yes. there's so many tools that we can do that research and start to relationship build that way too yes that is like the biggest tip out of our conversation today what you just raised is the power of LinkedIn there is not one sponsor that I talk to that I haven't been on their LinkedIn profile first mm. um, because it, as you said LinkedIn is so powerful 
sponsors are not on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Their social media team is, but they're not. The decision maker you need to talk to, that's not where you're going to find them. You will find them on LinkedIn. And imagine if you see, oh my gosh, they went to the same high school as I did. Or, wow, one of their first jobs was where I had my first job. Or they're a dog lover and so am I. Mm -hmm. Whatever, when you do that research, um, they actually know that you checked them out. Because they get that little, and and they like that. They like knowing that you went and checked them out. Because let me tell you, they're doing that about you before you get on the call with them. I it, I find it hysterical. I'll I'll be dialing a sponsor, and then I get this little uh, message from LinkedIn. Oh, so and so has just checked you out on LinkedIn, uh-huh. and there's it's often 15 minutes before the call that I have with them. LinkedIn is is going to be your biggest tool for sponsorship. That's how you find the contact people. It's yes. you use it to make, um, um, you use it to develop those relationships. And here's a tip for you. Mm. I am finding a dramatic difference in when I email a potential sponsor versus when I send a LinkedIn message, very few responses from email until mm. we've built the relationship. LinkedIn, 90% of the people that I message in LinkedIn to hop on a call, They'll either say yes, no, maybe down the road, whatever they say, but they actually respond. Yeah. So LinkedIn it's, is helpful. It's interesting that you should say that because I'm I'm the same. If someone sends me a random email, it'll probably yeah. get rerouted or I'll, I'll get to that. But on LinkedIn, the message application, I will go in and I'll comment back and, and I will respond. And so that's such a, a great tip and a reminder. Just if we are doing some searching, say, for instance, we identify a company, we think there's some really great yep. value ads. We have a look at the staff on their website. Is there a specific job title or just a label that they call themselves that we can then go and have a look? Who is this and how can I find them on LinkedIn? Is there a title? Yes, there are. There's several. So if you go into your search bar in LinkedIn, you can type in the company. So let's say you're looking at... Um, TD Bank, for example, it's just a bank that came up because it's one that I deal with. So TD Bank, what I would type in is TD Bank sponsorship. And that's going to bring up, um, and then you can actually narrow it down by country. So, or by even location, maybe you just want to look in your own region. So you type in that search field. Um, I also click the first degree connection, second and third, because Mm -hmm. sometimes I find out, oh, I'm already connected to somebody in that department at that particular place. And and then you might not find anything under TD sponsorship because they might use a different term. Mm-hmm. You might find it under uh, community investment or corporate social responsibility. Um, if all of those don't bring you the right person, marketing and brand development. Mm-hmm. Because sponsorship falls under the marketing budget. That's where they're pulling that money from. So if you can't find sponsorship, community investment, uh, community relations and public relations also, mm-hmm. or corporate social responsibility, then look for marketing or brand development. Yeah. Business development somewhat, but sometimes that's not quite the right person. But here's the, here's the great news. 
who cares if you get the wrong person? You just, great to meet you. Thanks mm. for sharing information about your brand. Who else do you think I should talk to? Yes. And get and, them, and they'll usually introduce you. You would, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. If you come forward with a real, and, and I know everyone who's listening to this podcast is because they're part of um, WSA, uh, you know, come from a value add building relationships, collaborations, then if you are building that relationship and it's not the right person because you've taken time to build and, and really, um, you know, shown who you are and the value you offer, they're going to be uh, not even hesitate to, to share who that connection yeah is my goodness i mean my head is just spinning with lots of different ideas because you know if we start developing relationships with people who are the decision makers in this particular there may not be a sponsorship opportunity now but think of in the future when they are putting together their packages and you've developed a relationship you would probably be someone that they would reach out to and say hey we've got this coming up we would love to to discuss, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've got examples like that, that that's happened to you. I just, I just had three about a month ago, I was doing discovery calls with some bigger companies for a project I'm working on. And we had kind of narrowed them down as a potential partner. And I was doing discovery calls with several people. Mm. And <laughs> one of them emailed back and said, you know, I'm not sure that sponsorship is a fit, but what are you doing on such and such a date? We've got an all employee gathering and we'd like somebody to come and talk about resilience and collaboration. Could that wow. be you? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So I've had this, that, that it might not be a no one sponsorship, but all of a yeah. sudden you're as, as a speaker yeah. and a coach and a consultant, you are now kind of in that communication with that company and maybe they hire you um, yes. as a consultant or speaker or coach. Yeah. And what I loved, we spoke about this um, earlier before we pressed record, and I think it's very fitting, especially considering the climate that we're in globally, that there are corporations that have sponsorship dollars that recognize the value of niched audiences who are highly engaged and who are highly their ideal clients that now when we've got the tools and many of us are being encouraged to stay home if not mm -hmm. told stay in your location this is yeah. a great opportunity to start building the foundations building the relationships um, if not for future opportunities but certainly for opportunities that may be there and because you we're able to many of us to speak online, create online events. We may have podcasts already that we're going on or have our own. It would be a great win-win-win sitting there right now to be tapped into. So uh, we can exactly immediately. And I thought I would share that because there's some speakers who may just need to transition from on, you know, on the stage to the online stage. It's still very much the shame. Charmaine, it's been so valuable. I knew it would be. Um, got lots of notes uh, in my mind and, and I'm going to write these down as soon as we finish the call. But for people who would love to connect with you personally, what is the best way to do that? Do you have a free gift or the next step that you also would recommend that they can access some content that you've got on your site? All of that good stuff. would love you to share. You bet. Well, I, I would suggest go over to raiseadream.com and on raiseadream.com's website, that's our, our website, on the on the homepage, there is a download that you can access the um, ebook that we have on sponsorship. It takes you right through our st seven-step model and, and gives you tips about 
How do you find the right sponsor? What do you say to them when you find them? Um, you know, how do you recognize sponsors? How do you get prepared to propose something to them? And then if you go on to, onto the partnership tab on raiseadream.com, you'll actually see our partner and sponsor information document. And I really encourage you to look at that because we do a lot of speaking through Raise a Dream and I am a speaker. And you'll see in there, uh, back to your question earlier about what do we bring to the table in terms of value? You'll see some ideas in that PDF document mm -hmm. around how we identified our value as speakers and what we put out there as potential yes. ideas for sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Charmaine. I love um, every everything that you have said is just so important. And I am sure I know it is for me an untapped opportunity, which is a win-win mm. for all parties involved. So I'll certainly be looking at this uh, a lot more seriously moving forward. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.